Simply Abundant Intuitive Hour, The Journey of Attachment, a special series that takes a deep dive into the topic of insecure attachment and why you can't let go. Here's Tracy Crossley. Before we start today's podcast, I wanted to share some comments from some of Tracy's clients that have worked with her in both group coaching situations and one-on-one coaching. And to reach out to Tracy for a discovery session, please email her at happiness at tracycrossley.com. That's happiness at tracycrossley.com. Enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. My aunt had told me about Tracy's podcast deal with it over a year ago. I've been listening to it ever since. So after my last breakup, I said, that's it, and decided to take the leap of faith and do coaching with Tracy. Tracy helps you break through and question your feelings and emotions and get to the root cause of those. I'm thankful for all that I have realized about myself, thanks to her. If you are noticing that you keep attracting the same type of relationships and you just can't figure out why, it's time to figure it out. Tracy will help you get there. Hi, so I'm re-recording this because I got to the end of doing this and the recording stopped and then it disappeared. And I'm hoping that doesn't happen this time. So we are here with podcast number 574, Journey of Attachment, You Are Not Worthless, How to Change the Tune. So I'm going to go through this probably a lot quicker than I did the first time. It probably would have been a lot longer. So here we are. And we are talking about something that most of us never, ever want to feel or we admit to feeling, which is worthlessness, right? We're feeling worthless. Many of us do everything we can to not feel worthless. We work very hard at being worthy. Do you look around at signs in society telling you that you're worth it? I mean, everywhere you look, oh, you're worth it. There is a commercial, there's advertising, you're worth it. Buy this Rolls Royce or whatever, right? I know I've heard it. And does it ever make you buy, by the way? I'm just curious. Does it ever make you go, yeah, you know what? I am worth it. I'm going to do that. And then you spend beyond your means or what have you, right? Which also shows that you feel worthless. So just so you know, when you do that, it's, I got to have that. Why do you have to have something you can't afford? You're getting something you can't afford because you feel worthless deep down inside. Isn't that scary and sad? Yes, it is. It's scary and sad because we don't know we're doing it. That's why, number one. And it's sad because we're stuck in a perpetual cycle we're not even aware of. So... You have to look at, do you know why you choose what you choose? Most of us don't. We're stuck in a pattern, in autopilot, and we don't dig that deep. And even if we want to change something in our lives, especially the feeling of being worthless, we don't even know how to begin. Usually we just overcompensate. We buy things. We have prestigious jobs. We do things that we think bring us worth, and yet we still have these feelings of worthlessness. So let's get into talking about that to the nitty gritty today. Worthlessness is taught to us as children. You might think it's that worthlessness is how you're treated. And that's how you got the idea about yourself as a kid. And that's part of it. Sure. How you were treated. Absolutely. Your perception of that. Absolutely. Unfortunately, that's just not the whole picture. You have a parent or both parents or a caregiver, if you weren't raised by your parents, who didn't realize that they were going to be models for you. And you didn't realize that they were models for you. 
in ways that you didn't know because we pick up all sorts of cues as kids and we don't realize to what degree that is. So Albert Bandura was a psychologist who came up with a theory called the social learning theory. And as a child, this is how you learned who you were and how you're going to be through imitating behaviors and attitudes and even emotional responses of those there. Basically the adults, I mean, you also learn this from your peers, but more so whoever's in charge, the authority, right? You're picking all of that up. And so I guarantee if you're listening to this podcast, you have a parent or both parents who fell into being worthless. And you may have worked your ass off and tried to prove to the parent that you were worthy of their love or attention, even though you weren't getting it. And the reason they're not paying attention to you has to do with their own self-worth, right? What a circle. That's a circle right there, a vicious circle. And you didn't realize this parent felt that way about themselves, and that's the problem. Instead, you took the reflection that it must mean something bad about you, and the worthlessness perpetuated into another generation. That's how it works, right? We don't realize it. Our parents didn't realize it. They had no clue. Your parents' worthlessness, though, is not your problem. And never was, no matter what you could do or how you could do it or who you could be, you can't change another person's feelings of worthlessness. And this goes for you as an adult with any friendships or any relationship that there is no way, no matter what you do, where you can try to help someone that until they want to do something to help themselves with their own sense of worthlessness that pervades their sense of happiness and well-being, it doesn't matter. You can't do shit. And this goes for you, too. That means you have to look at your own sense of worthlessness and how you're trying to get worth through worrying about someone else's worth. Oh yeah, we do that, right? I'll fix them and I'll feel better. I'll be their savior. I'll be their rescuer. I'll be awesome. And this goes to so many other parts of your life. If you're trying to get worth for someone and make them feel valued and loved, you have to look at how you're avoiding giving yourself that because I guarantee you, if you're working that hard, try to prove to another person that you don't feel love either, you know, or that you do feel love, that you are not feeling love. Like you're trying to prove something like love me, love me, love me is what I'm saying. And you're not feeling loved in the first place. That's why you're doing this. So you're not giving yourself love in the first place. You're not feeling love from this person in the first place. And you think by performing or doing whatever it is you think you need to do, rescuing them, that you're going to feel better. And then you don't. You don't end up feeling better. So it would be nice to really stop this cycle, wouldn't it? Yeah. Okay, how about me? I am going through this a lot faster, which is a bummer because I know I had like other stuff, but whatever. We're just going with it. Um, Me, 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 me. When I share about me, I share because I know other people out there probably have some similarities or at least some things are going, yeah, that's me. And maybe not everything, but some things, right? So I came from a long line of worthless people. (laughs) And I don't mean that they walked around going, I'm worthless. A lot of times we don't realize the shit we do shows that we feel a sense of worthlessness. So both my parents, mom and dad, in my case, basically felt a sense of worthlessness. My dad grew up for a good portion of his childhood, not knowing his mom and having been saved out of a concentration camp and taken to France. And his mom was not the one raising him, by the way. It was my great grandparents. So his grandmother 
was taking care of him. He was born out of wedlock. My grandmother got pregnant at 18 because her boyfriend was killed and she had a one night stand and boom, she got pregnant. And so she supposedly left the family. Uh, They lived in a small town in Germany and she went off to live in Belgium and lived there throughout the remainder, like the whole war. She was there, World War II. She was there. And um, different stories were, one story was, yeah, she had an artist that she ran off to be with. Uh, Another one was that she worked throughout the war and that she had gone to find work. That was what it was. But I I don't know which one is actually true. I know she did end up working. It's funny how these stories end up. But this isn't, again, about what she did or didn't do, although she felt a huge sense of worthlessness and a huge sense of guilt her whole life for all this crap. So anyway, my dad ended up on the handlebar, like he was in a concentration camp, ended up on the handlebars of a bike. I remember him telling me this story about seven or eight years ago. And he was, that's all he remembers. And he was in France. He lived in a variety of homes, including an orphanage, um, a farm and a family. And like he was being raised Catholic in one place and with no religion in another place. Like it was all over the map. Okay. Depending on where you met him, whether it was in any of those places, he didn't know who he was totally insecure, totally feeling abandoned, like no clue. The only family he knew was gone. He lost the only parents he knew, which were his grandparents, because they were both killed in, um, I think one was in Auschwitz and the other one was in, uh, God, somewhere in France, and I can't pronounce the name. So anyway, so the issue is my dad, once his mother found him after the war, brought along this guy that she met and thank God she brought him because he knew five languages and it was good because my dad only spoke French and my grandmother only spoke German. So he interpreted for them. Uh, You know, he was like totally in love with my grandmother and my grandmother could have taken him or leave and left him. And that was a whole other story. So she married somebody because she didn't feel she had any value and she's going to be with somebody who at least is showing her, no, no, I value you. Because he valued himself even less because she didn't love him, right? Yeah. Okay. So as I'm saying, like I can keep giving examples of what worthless behavior has you doing, even though you don't know it at the time, right? You think you're doing what you have to do to survive. You think you're doing the right thing. Um, but it comes out in other ways. It comes out in how you treat people. It comes out in how you treat yourself. So my dad told me that as a kid, he felt totally insecure, like totally worthless, totally didn't feel like he deserved to be here, survivor's guilt, all that kind of stuff. And he spent his whole life trying to find his worth or showing he had worth and then sabotaging it and losing all the time at things and gaining and losing. And so it was like his whole life was like one big gamble. And I thought I picked this up, this whole worthlessness from him. My mother always told me I was like him, so I paid extra special attention to what my dad did or didn't do. He's a workaholic. He worked all the time. I mean, I started selling cookies and popcorn balls and stuff on the corner uh, of the street that we lived on where I grew up because I was a little entrepreneur. I don't know where I got that from. I don't know if that was something innate in me or it was from watching my dad. Like, I needed to prove I had worth. You know, that seemed like fun to me. But it all came back to this sense of worthlessness. Why wasn't I just playing in the streets with the other kids? Okay. So 
I always thought it came from this. Like you just work hard and then you, you are, you're okay. The world's going to love you and accept you. So I talked about my mom too. My mom, she has a habit and still says it to this day. And this is what actually made me include this part of the podcast was she's always said, I don't care. Those are her words. I don't care. Okay. In other words, if I confront her with something, she'll say, I don't care. Because she wants to just disconnect and she doesn't want to take responsibility. But she uses it for something else too. And that is when she's talking about another person. Like when she talked about my uncle when I was growing up. Oh, he doesn't care about me. He doesn't care because of how he treats me. He wasn't horrible to her. He had a life. And she didn't like how he ran his life. And how often or not often he saw her. And maybe because she was always bitching and moaning about it. Maybe he limited the amount of time because she looked at him. Oh, you were the favorite. You always got the attention. I didn't get the attention. So my mother always had this whole story going on and still does about how people don't care about her. Nobody cares about her. Nobody loves her. She said it last week when I was talking to her and she was talking about her cousin who she grew up next door to and she wants to go visit and she's going to go visit her. And she says, oh yeah, I told my cousin and my cousin was like, oh, she goes, so she doesn't care about me. She doesn't care if I come. So everything comes back to, she doesn't, you know, nobody cares about her. And if you feel like nobody cares about you, you feel like you have no value. I mean, that goes hand in hand, right? So in a sense, she's always looking for validation from other people, even though on the outside, my mother would be like, I'm just so damn wonderful. But growing up with someone who used to say, I, me, daughter here, didn't care about her, and I could never figure out what she was meaning by that. And neither could my dad or my brother. Because she'd go, you guys don't care about me. And we're like, okay, how do you prove that? How do you, you know, so I had this puzzle in my head as a little kid going, how do I prove that I love my mother? I can't prove that. So I felt like I was wrong and there was something worthless about me because my mother you know, with her inconsistencies, she would pull all her attention away. She'd shut down. She'd punish us, you know, by not speaking to us or, you know, yelling or whatever. But it was always this punishment and always feeling like, oh, my God, how do we get there? How do we how do I prove it? I can remember her getting upset about Mother's Day. Nobody cares about me. And I'd made her a card or made her breakfast and it was nobody cares about me. So it was always this. And she married a man who she felt really didn't care about her at times. Because that was what she would always say. So this was like her mantra. If you feel people don't care about you, you got to go, why am I hanging out with people who don't care about me? I must not care about me. And it's not really true, by the way, if people care about her or not. This is her own illusion. All right. So that's what I'm saying. Like you don't know what the things you say have to do with your belief system and your sense of worthlessness. Because worthlessness is a belief. I'm not worthy. I'm worthless. I'm meaningless, right? So we picked the shit up as kids and I had these two models. So I picked up all of this lack of worth on top of how I was treated, on top of my own insecurities and being in a household that had inconsistencies when it came to love and attention because I had two people who felt worthless that were raising me. Okay. So I felt like I was a nothing. I felt worthless. It didn't matter what I did or what I could do. It didn't matter because I had this low level, almost a depression. I want to say I was a depressed kid, okay, all the time. And then as an adult, 
You know, I did things like when I ran a marathon and somebody's like, oh, look at that. You can do anything. You have all this value. Look at you. That did nothing for my belief of value. That's why when people say, oh, I work out, that doesn't give you value. That's great that you're taking care of yourself on some level, but it may not feed your self-worth. I know it didn't for me when I was running eight miles a day. It had nothing to do with it. I, I felt like, oh, okay, I have some worth, but it was fleeting, just like endorphins are fleeting, right? So this is true of any successes you can have in life. You can have an Academy Award. You can scale a mountain. You can have all the money in the world. You can be the wealthiest person and you can still feel this sense of lack, this sense of worthlessness, this sense of nothingness. And it doesn't mean that it's always there or it's, I should say, it is always there, but you may not feel it all the time is what I'm saying. Okay. Why is this a problem? It's a problem because you can feel worthless no matter what you accomplish in this lifetime. You can feel a constant state of lack. You can be anything or anybody. And that doesn't mean shit. What actually means shit is how you feel. What means shit is a sense of fulfillment, the sense of well-being, the sense of whatever you have in your bank account, not having any impact on your own self-worth. And it doesn't matter about what awards you have on your shelf because they do not give you worth. Meaning, fulfillment, well-being, everything else around you are what matters. Okay. And I'm saying everything else around you, that means, what is it? Like the tree outside my window, that matters. It's beautiful to me. And does that give me a sense of self-worth? No, but what gives me a, self, a sense of self-worth is connecting to that because I choose a connection that feels good to me. So it's fulfilling. And that's something simple, okay? But really, when I treat myself like I matter and I'm not worthless, I feel totally different, right? So you can feel completely empty, be worthless, and you may not want to keep doing that. That's why this is a problem. You may not want to keep doing that because you're going to have regrets. And having regrets comes from trying to live someone else's life or not living your own, meaning trusting your own choices or your own desires. And whether you're a doctor or a lawyer or you work wherever you work, it doesn't matter if you do not feel worthy. You may have chosen a path because you thought, well, that's what I'm supposed to do because then I'll be worthy. People will love me. People will respect me. People will think I did the right thing. I will be this person, whoever this person is, by the way. Okay. But that's what we do. We, we constantly put ourselves in a position of trying to be what we think we're supposed to be rather than being who we are. And that is a problem because you can have everything and it may not have been that path you chose. Maybe somebody suggested it to you right? Maybe it wasn't you. Maybe it was somebody else that suggested it to you. Maybe you became something because they said, this is what you need to do. And you're like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and do that because I want what comes with that. I want the approval. I want the attention. I want the love. And maybe you got it or you didn't, but you still don't feel it inside, right? So the problem is you're not living your real true life, your authentic life. You're living somebody else's version of your life because you feel that's what you have to do. And no matter what, if your friend or family are proud of you, that deep sense of worthlessness is something you need to address so that you can live your best life, which is not a perfect life. It's a life where you feel good, where you feel fulfilled, where you're doing things that feel joyful to you. So what's the wisdom nugget? Even if you feel absolutely worthless, embrace it and ask yourself, what can worthless old me do that would feel good for me, for me? Okay, feel good to me, for me. Read it again. 
Even if you feel absolutely worthless, embrace it. Yeah, own it, okay? And ask yourself, what can worthless old me do that would feel good to me for me? Because let's say you're just worthless. Okay, then what? Does that mean you're going to go and live in a little cardboard shack? No, it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean you're going to give up everything and go, I'm so worthless. I'm going to, you know, go, I don't know, do something that you don't want to do that's meaningless. No, if I'm worthless, then maybe I'll do what's meaningful to me. Maybe I'll be worthless and enjoy my life. I'm catching, you're catching on here, right? Because when you fight something, you don't get rid of it. You don't eradicate it. It's still there. So that's part of the solution is embracing it and saying okay to it, not fighting it, not overdoing, being perfect, being whatever is outside of that, okay? Your solution is within you. You need to get clear on two things, okay? The other two things besides acceptance and embracing it, acceptance and embracing it are basically the same thing, by the way. It's your vision and resistance. So we'll start with resistance. And many of you know what you avoid. And you might keep avoiding something if you feel that on some level it might take your worth away. Like maybe you might avoid quitting a job that you hate, but you get a lot of accolades for, right? Ooh, I'm not going to do that. And the thing is, is that it really keeps you saying to your own brain, okay, when you keep repeating this cycle that you can't handle something or you're a victim and you don't have any choices and you're worthless. And so you have to only do this. Like I used to feel this way when it came to looking for a job, even though I had some high level jobs in my life, I always felt like I needed to be chosen. Why would anybody choose me? I like, I couldn't choose. Like I wanted to feel, uh, you know, some kind of worth like, Oh, I'm going to choose the job I want. No, I never felt that way is what I'm saying. I always felt like they had to choose me first instead of me having a choice. Okay. So and I'll give you another example. Even if you have toxic people that you don't, you don't want to avoid them. You want to have a strong boundary with them. And you hear my dog and my husband in the background, by the way. He's saying shh and yelling at the dog because the dog keeps barking. And I just go with it. So anyway, you want to have a strong boundary with them. And your strong boundary may be that you're not around them, okay? But you're not avoiding them. Because that feels like resistance in your body. So as an example, my boundary is I want to treat myself with respect. So for me not to be around someone might be that I feel if I'm in their presence that I risk being disrespected. And so I want to say to myself, it's not about them. It's I'm going to take care of me. So I'm going to put myself in positions where I feel respected. And I will tell them, you know what? I can't, you know, I really need to take care of myself and really at this point, when I take care of myself, I feel good taking care of myself. And that means that I can't join in today with whatever activity it is that this toxic person might want. It's that. Okay. So I don't want to segue into boundaries, but boundaries aren't what you tell other people to do. That has nothing to do with reality because it's their choice whether they want to listen to you or not. And frankly, when you treat yourself in a certain way, people will usually treat you that way. Yeah, people will mirror it. So to me, it's like, what does it feel like if somebody tells you to go fly a plane and you're afraid of flying? Okay, 
you're going to feel resistance. You're going to feel resistance when it comes to fear, right? You have fear of something. Maybe you resist a career change, you resist a relationship change, a location change, a financial change. It could be anything in the way to that's what the resistance is. And you can feel it in your body. So look at things and go, oh, wow, yeah, flying scares the shit out of me or swimming with sharks scares the crap out of me. And you can actually, when you feel that sense of resistance, the fear, find it in your body, connect to it. What am I actually resisting? What's scary about swimming with sharks? Okay, (laughs) I know it's a little out there, but it's the point of you got to know what you resist. You don't want to avoid, you want to make decisions that feel good and yet uncomfortable, meaning you want to do something different. Because when you do something different, you're actually going into the unknown. And that's what a lot of resistance is that we have. A lot of your resistance is, I got to keep doing the familiar thing, the same thing, because that's what I know. I don't want to step out of that because then I don't know what's going to happen to me. I might die because that's what your brain thinks. And that's why it wants you to stay in the same patterns, doing the same shit, different day. So find the resistance in your body Look at where can I make a move? What one thing can I do right now that would challenge the resistance that I'm feeling? You know, what is it that would be uncomfortable to break free, excuse me, to break free of? Okay, so look at that and then the vision. And your vision, you want to look at what is the vision you're always thinking about, right? What is it that you're at your job and you're thinking about, you're at home and you're thinking about, but you never do. And you keep having wishful thinking, like somehow, some way this is going to come true and you don't have to take any action to get there, whatever it happens to be. What is it? Name it, claim it, see the vision. What is it? And ask yourself, what are you afraid of? And when you see yourself in that vision, notice the change in how you feel in your body. Do you feel more relaxed? Do you feel more uptight? You're going to feel different if you have this vision that you've been carrying for a long time. Even if you're afraid there's some part of you that has such a strong connection to it, even if it's fleeting, okay? Even if you're not sure of it, there's some part of you that has to be sure that you, on some level, want to travel a different road than what you're doing, whether it's personally or professionally, Because your sense of worth is derived from everything that other people see in you or see of you, okay? So when you start dealing with what's my real vision and you start taking action towards your real vision, you're doing something that shows your brain you have worth because now you're doing something that's in alignment with who you truly are, okay? That's scary stuff, but you know what? You want to live a fulfilled life because otherwise whose life are you freaking living, right? Because for most of us, oh, well, I don't want to do the wrong thing. Well, what's the wrong thing? And that's where your resistance comes up and that's where your vision flies out the window. So to take action, again, that's where you want to go. Resistance is there because the old days when there's danger outside of your cave entrance, as I like to reference many times, resistance is you don't have a cave entrance anymore. Okay. So resistance now, unless it's something that's going to risk your life is something you constantly want to keep stepping outside of. And you want to get out of that comfort zone and get closer to the vision that you have for the life you want to live. And that's going to give you worth because it's fulfilling because it's risky. And anytime you take emotional risks, 
you actually build the muscle. I don't really have muscles. I'd like to have some muscles. <laughs> Anyways, you build the muscles of self-worth because you're taking care of yourself and you're not looking for someone else to do it. What did I do? I constantly look right now all the time, wherever I have resistance, and I take steps out of my comfort zone. Like me, I'm actually a quiet neighbor. And so now I have a puppy dog that I walk. And I mean, not that I can't be social. I am social to a degree. But a lot of times I'm the person in the grocery store who doesn't want to run into somebody I know, you know? So I'm always like, Ugh, I don't want to because I don't want to talk because usually I'm in a hurry. That's that's my whole story, by the way. And it's a story. And so what I do is now I go out of my way and I go up to people. Hey, how are you? Maybe they feel like, oh, shit, she saw me. <laughs> who knows? Anyway, but I have the worth because I used to do the same thing that my mom did. I had this whole thing like... Oh, people don't care about me. People don't like me. People don't want to be around me. And then I would find evidence of it all the time because that's exactly what we do. We find evidence of it. And it's just not true. It is not true unless you make it true. And then your truth is still not really true. It's still your perception of things that may not be true because you don't know a lot of times if someone actually does like you or doesn't like you or whatever because you don't live in their head. So the point is, that's what I stopped doing. I, I just started taking these steps out of my comfort zone. And I also stopped doing certain things because for me, I've always been a huge doer. So like I would say one thing and then I would do another. If I were to do that, then I'd be stuck in the old pattern. So it might be that I say something like, I don't want to do something anymore because it's draining me. Okay. And then I'm going to stop doing it because to me, it matches the words. The words are, this drains me. I don't want to do this. And then I stop. In the old days, I'd say, I don't want to do this and keep doing it. That is a lack of worth. That is treating yourself like a piece of shit. I don't do that anymore. And if I find myself doing it, I stop. And I and it's hard sometimes because a whole house of cards could fall on you. Everything could fall apart. And it's happened that way. Like shit's hit the fan when I've done it. But I don't have a choice because I don't choose to live my life feeling a sense of worthlessness. I want fulfillment. And sometimes when things fall apart, they're put back together in a much better way, in a much happier way. And I have to be open and curious to what that is. And that's what's helped me. The other thing is I've worked on my beliefs. And I wouldn't give you guys that as a solution right now to work on your beliefs so much, except for embracing and owning it. You know, the worthlessness thing. I would not because... I can give you so many things to do, and this isn't about cognitively approaching this and going, okay, I'm going to intellectualize everything Tracy's saying, and you're not going to get anywhere because you're just going to be doing what you always do, <clears throat> which is taking the tools and implementing them intellectually, but not getting deep enough and starting to jostle the patterns that live inside of you, okay? I had to work on stopping a lot of my patterns that kept me performing to prove to myself and the rest of the world that I had worth. So I've allowed patterns that are authentic to be how I live most of the time now. Now it's like me, just me. Okay, yes, great. No, don't want to. And I'm willing to get out of my comfort zone when I say those things too. Like, oh, I don't want to go to that party. Well, why not? Uh, I don't know because I'm uncomfortable. Okay, I'm a wallflower. Okay, well, Tracy, guess what? You're going to get out of your comfort zone and you're going to go to that party. Well, at least that used to be the case. I've been to a party in a long time now like everybody else. So 
I've allowed patterns, you know, that are like that. And the only time that's different is when I find myself reacting to a new situation. Like I just said, like, you know, okay, go to the party or don't. But I still have to make these choices about not overperforming or not overgiving or not overdoing when it's something new. Like, and, and I never really get that, <clears throat> the overdoing or the um, proving anything or overgiving. I don't really do that crap anymore. I don't feel worthless anymore. I feel I have worth. Even on days when I kind of feel funky, I still have worth and my value is not connected to what anyone else thinks of me. The wisdom nugget for the last time, even if you feel absolutely worthless, embrace it and ask yourself, what can worthless old me do <clears throat> that would feel good to me for me? So you have a universal right. You have a right to keep protecting the feeling of worthlessness by perpetuating the same choices in your life every day. Your fear of letting go of what you know that may impress others can keep you stuck here or you can choose now to take the first step. Yep, uncomfortable, but fucking do it, man. Because you know what? You only got this life to live. And even if there's reincarnation or what have you, you're not going to remember. So what you're going to remember is when you wake up tomorrow, you're going to remember yesterday and the yesterdays before that. So live this life how you want it. No one is going to walk up and offer it to you. You have to do it. So what's the wrap up? It's up to you, the good, the bad, and it's you who can decide which belief you have is more important and become self-aware enough to see where you keep trying to prove a belief that exists does not, meaning a lot of times, again, we're trying to prove that we're wonderful and that's in there. It's in there. But the worthless is bigger because all of your actions and reactions come from the feeling of worthlessness. So it's so funny how that is or other negative beliefs because we're trying to always cover those up. We're not trying to cover up our positive beliefs. We're just trying to cover up the negative beliefs. And it doesn't work because they're still there sabotaging us. And that's why it's good to bring them here in front of you so that you can go, okay, I'm going to make a different choice today. I'm going to make a choice that's actually going to challenge me. So you can change your worth. You just have to want it more than you want the validation of a life you live that doesn't belong to you. And that's the truth. Okay. What are the related podcasts? I have three. 321 Journey of Attachment. I feel abandoned. Help. I don't have a number for this one. It's called Attached, Upping Your Self-Worth to Move On. And number 378, focus on you, you beautiful thing. I love that. So, hey, we do have a Facebook Live and we're going to be naming it, I think, Real Talk with Tracy. And it's me and my coaches. And we're taking different topics and we talk about them every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, noon Eastern Time. It's on Facebook and YouTube Live. So you can ask questions. Uh, at that time about whatever we're talking about and we do try to answer it when we're talking it's about 20 minutes long and uh, you know if you have ideas for topics you want to hear us talk about cool let us know and in final we all have good intentions as to how we show up in the world the beauty of embodying your full worth my full worth our worth is that you then bring your worth everywhere you go it brings a sense of freedom to be able to fall in love with this life. And if you're not, having the capability and the confidence to create something new, we love to hear how this relates to you and your life. So reach out to my team and get some support at info at And you can hear about what programs we have to help you. Like right now, we are on day two of my 
masterclass, which is <clears throat> attracting emotionally available people because we find so many people believe that, oh my God, there's nobody available out there. And so we have a masterclass going on for that. And uh, you can still join it. It's still, you can watch yesterday's uh, video and yeah, you can join it. If you bought my book, you can join for free and you just send the receipt to info at tracycrossley.com. And if you have not bought the book, you can get into the class for $9.99, $9.99. And um, we're charging this time because we tend to get a lot of people who sign up and then not a lot of people show up. And we figure if you've got some skin in the game, then this means something to you and you really do want to change your life. All right. So everybody out there, you take care and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Questions about today's show? Reach out to Tracy at info at tracycrossley.com. And if you're listening on iTunes, please leave a five-star rating for the show so it can be heard by more people. For all things Tracy, check out tracycrossley.com.